we can trust in you and for that we are so very grateful we pray now that you would bless the proclamation of your word and god may you be glorified your people be blessed in the wonderful name of jesus we pray amen i want to turn your attention once again to mark chapter 14 uh, beginning with verse 32 then they came to a place which was named gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here while I pray and he took Peter James and John with him and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed then he said to them my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death stay here and watch he went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him and he said Abba father all things are possible for you take this cup away from me Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want to preach this morning from the subject practicing silence and solitude what you can expect practicing silence and solitude what you can expect part of our vision 2019 uh, strategy here at the Good Hope Church involves the practicing of spiritual discipline as a church family. Our aim is to be intentional about preaching, teaching, and putting into practice the selective monthly spiritual disciplines. So beginning in February, the church-wide spiritual discipline was fasting. However, we were not fasting from food during the month of television, uh, during the month of February, but we were fasting from television. Imagine that. Church members not watching television for a whole month, particularly in the month of February with Super Bowl going on, for a whole month so that we can draw closer to Jesus individually and as a church family. Well, the challenge was presented. And a number of Good Hopians accepted the challenge as well as people who heard about what we were doing but who were not even members of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church accepted the challenge. And as a result, we are still being blessed. And you are still being blessed by the commitment and follow through of that fast. We still hear wonderful testimonies about how God came through in miraculous ways and is still coming through because of that fast in February. In March, the spiritual discipline was prayer. We decided uh, that we wanted to pray together around selective scriptures every day during the month of March. We had a scripture calendar. We read the scriptures and we prayed. And every day around that theme and around that scripture, our church family was praying together. Amazing things happen as we Uh, read 
read the same passages and prayed uh, to God surrounding these passages. And we're still hearing testimonies about that. In fact, that was such um, a big a big hit for our church that we're doing a prayer calendar now every month. And not only that, but we're sending them around. People are taking pictures of our prayer calendar, our scripture calendar, sending it around to their family and friends all across the country. And people are praying and testifying that they're praying even more. Now here we are in April. And the church-wide spiritual discipline for the month is silence and solitude. Now remember, a spiritual discipline is, in the Christian context, is a Bible-based exercise done by believers in Jesus Christ in order to grow closer to him. We're not doing stuff just to be doing stuff. We're not looking for busy work just to be busy. We have an aim. We have a purpose as a church family, as believers in Jesus Christ. We want to get closer to him. We want to be stronger in our relationship to Jesus this year than we were last year. And so that's what a spiritual discipline is. It's an exercise done by those who have trusted in Jesus that will help us grow even closer in our relationship to him. Just as our minds and our bodies need exercise on a regular basis in order to remain healthy and in order to grow stronger, so does our spiritual nature. You know, people spend lots of money going to gyms and paying gym memberships and buying expensive gym shoes. I remember growing up, uh, a pair of Converse All-Stars, Chuck Chuck Norris All-Stars were $10 a pair. Those days are gone. Now, you know, athletic clothes and dresses, expensive gym memberships are costly, even though they are cheaper ones over the long haul. It's, it's an investment. Well, in the same way, if we're going to grow spiritually, we have to exercise ourselves. That's where this practice of spiritual disciplines come into play. It's when we exercise ourselves spiritually in order to get stronger and stronger and stronger in Christ. So it brings us to our next question. What is the discipline of silence and solitude? Don't you love to have terms defined? I mean, I don't like to hear terms and I don't know what it means. I want to know what it means. So, so here it is, simply stated. The discipline of silence and solitude is being quiet and alone with God. That's all it is. It just means that we, we, we are quiet and we are alone with Abba Father. We get quiet, we get alone with God in order to listen to him and in order to have an opportunity to speak to him. Well, such being the case, y'all, we got to be intentional about it. 
Because here's the reality. The world in which we live is an excessively noisy place. Would you not agree? Not only is the world in which we live an incessantly noisy, excessively noisy place, it is filled with distractions. Not all noise and all distractions are bad. We're not saying that. We're saying it just is. It is what it is. We live in a noisy place. We're surrounded by noise and we're surrounded by distractions all the time. So we have to be intentional about God in our time alone with our Father. Noise and distractions come in countless ways and consumes enormous amounts of our time and our attention. Not all, not again, not all bad. Some good, some bad. It just is what it is. For example, Noise comes in the form of conversations with family, with friends, with co-workers, with store clerks, with cashiers, with barbers, with beauticians, and even with strangers. There is noise and there are distractions. We hear the noise and distractions of cell phones, don't we? We hear the noise and the distractions of uh, cell phones. Isn't it kind of annoying sometimes when uh, you're at a place, at a doctor's office or in church or someplace else, and somebody's cell phone is, is going off? I mean, that's a distraction, and it is, it's kind of annoying. We have the noise and the distractions of television. The noise and distraction of radios, of cars, of trucks, of trains, of airplanes. I mean, all this weekend I've been, been hearing off and on um, the, the results of the air show. Yesterday in my neighborhood I looked up and I caught a glimpse of what I believe were the blue angels flying in, in formation. But, but noise all around us. Noise of of sirens, noise of lawnmowers, noise of barking dogs. And the list goes on and on and on. We are constantly surrounded by noise and distractions. The hustle and bustle of life happening with us and, 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 and is all around us. What silence and solitude does is it gets us away from the noise and the distractions for a while. And it ushers us into that quiet place, that peaceful space, that calm, that serene, that still space where you and I can commune alone with Abba Father. And the amazing thing about it, about silence and solitude is that Jesus modeled it. Many in his church today miss it, but the reality is Jesus modeled it. While Jesus did it, many in his church dodge it. And while Jesus made silence and solitude a precedence, Many in his church fail to make it a priority. 
Yet scripture after scripture points us to the high place of Jesus' agenda where he made time alone with God a top priority. Now, his reality, Jesus was busy. And sometimes we say, well, we don't, we don't have time to be alone with God. We, we don't have time for, for, for silence and solitude. We're busy. But, but the reality is that Jesus was busy. He, but he set aside time alone with the Father. Jesus was in high demand. Yet spending time alone in God's presence was on the top of his to-do list. High demand, very important person, VIP, yet spending time alone in God's presence was on the top of his to-do list. Jesus was fully engaged with life. He was preaching. If you read the scripture, he was he was preaching, he was teaching, he was counseling, he was saving, he was healing, he was forgiving, he was modeling, he was mentoring, he was moving, yet he did not allow worthy endeavors to prevent him from temporarily getting away from the crowds, disengaging from his duties, unfastening himself from the daily functions of life in order to fasten himself, in order to connect alone with God. It's amazing, isn't it, that Jesus, the Savior of the world, God's own son, carved out time, carved out space, chose a place, and got along with God all by himself. It's literally amazing that he would do that. It was just that important to Jesus, and it should be that important to us. Well, listen attentively to to the following scripture verses and see if you can feel the intentionality and the and experience the intensity of Jesus' passionate desire to spend time in the presence of our Father away from noise and distractions. Jesus was intentional about it. He made it happen, and he was, intense, he was in, intently compassionate, passionate about making it happen. Jesus was passionate about spending time alone with God. Listen, when you love somebody, you are passionate about spending time with that person. You create that time and space. You make it happen. Well, Jesus was passionate about spending time alone with God, away from noise and away from distractions. Now, early in the morning, Mark 1, 35 and 36 read, Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to, get this, in your Bibles, underscore, a solitary place. Nobody else was around. And there he prayed. And Simon and those 
who were with him searched for him. Isn't it amazing that he disengaged and while he was there, people were looking for him, vying for his time. Listen, people will always be looking for you, vying for your time, needing something from you, but you need to disengage. Go to that quiet place, that silent place, and be alone with God. Luke 6, 12, and 13. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to play. Get that, will you? Mountains are solitary places. He lived in Colorado Springs, and, and, and you could go up into the mountains, and there, were no, there was no one else there but you and, and, and God and nature. He went out to the mountain to pray and contended all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 who he also named apostles. Do you see anything interesting in this text? That it was in that time alone, after that time alone, that Jesus came forth with one of the major choices of his life. He selected his Apostles, those who were going to lay the very foundation as he taught them of his church. Then when Jesus heard it, that is when John the Baptist had been beheaded, he departed by boat, underscoring your Bibles, to a deserted place by himself, silence and solitude. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities, Matthew 14 and 13. Then in Matthew 14, 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away. You see the disengagement? When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was there alone. And lastly, Mark 14, 32-38 states then, they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. He said, stay here and, and watch. Notice what he does. Then he, he, he went a little further, looking for a little more quiet, a little more peace, a little more serenity, a little more solitude. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, thou might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. He prayed that prayer, y'all, in solitude and in silence, just he and God. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Could you not just be alone one hour and pray and watch? Then he said, watch and pray. That's the importance of solitude. Watch and pray. Lest you fall into temptation, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the case for every born-again believer in Jesus Christ, the case for each one of us here who have trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior, 
the case for those who want to get stronger in their relationship to Jesus, the case for those who want to overcome obstacles, do life better than we have been doing, the case for those of us who don't want to be a punching bag for Satan, the case for every born-again believer in Jesus and for each of us to practice spending quiet time alone in the presence of God, free from distractions, is clear. The question is, will we follow Jesus' teachings and example and do it? Or will we make excuses? We say we don't have time or that's, that's not really important and I, I have better things to do. The question is, will we follow Jesus' teachings? And will we follow his example? And will we not make excuses? Will we do it? Well, for those who follow Jesus into practicing the discipline of silence and solitude into carving out time of, in your busy day, whether it's five minutes a day, and whether it's 20 minutes a day, whether uh, it's an hour Alone with God, here are some things you can expect from your journey. First, if you carve out time in your day to spend alone with God, if you practice silence and solitude, if you make quiet and solitude along with God, a top priority, as Jesus did, you can expect God to pay high-year dividends on the time you invest in his presence. Let me say that again. If you, if you, if you don't just shuffle it off, if you don't just slough it off, if you take it seriously, you can expect God to pay high-yield dividends on the time you invest in his presence, in silence and solitude. You can expect God to give you his perspective on your day, which will be far greater than anything you can get from ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News Network, your Facebook friends, Twitter, blogs, and the like. Getting God's perspective first on your day will prepare you to meet whatever lies ahead. That's why Jesus sought the presence of God early in the morning before he tuned into anybody else or anything else. He tuned into God. If you will tune into God first, you can expect God to pay high yield dividends on the time you invest with him. Second, you can expect God to pour his wisdom into your decision making process. If you choose to spend time alone with God in silence, in solitude, away from the crowd, away from distractions, if you choose to disengage for a little while for the sole purpose of being in the presence of God, talking to him, fellowshipping with him, you can expect him to pour his wisdom into your decision-making processes. Notice in Luke 6, 12, and 13, after Jesus met alone with God on the mountain, 
he called his disciples to himself and from them chose 12 whom he called apostles. The precedent set by Jesus is clear. Don't miss this. As Christ followers, y'all, it's imperative that we get ourselves alone in his presence and seek his wisdom before making crucial decisions. The reason why poor choices are made, the reason why sad selections are made, the reason why all of us have regrets over past decisions and past choices and past selections is because we made them aside from spending time alone with God in order to gain his wisdom. We made them on the spur. We made choices without getting in the presence of God. All of us are guilty. All of us have regrets because we did not spend time alone with God before we made the choice or the decision. It looked good. It seemed like a good deal. It sounded like a good proposition, but we didn't stop to think, what did God say about this? You see, the reason and the reality is Reality is the reason why some people don't go to God in the first place is because they already know what God is going to say. They're already anticipating what God is going to say. They don't want to hear it. I remember growing up as a little boy. Sometimes people say, my friends would say, we want to go to this place or that place. And go ask, I'm going to go ask my mama. And I have to say, well, they said, go ask your granddaddy. I already knew what he was going to say. So it was a mute point. When we get along with God, he pours his wisdom into our lives. Third, when we go to silence and solitude, when we go to that place of being alone with God, when we get all by ourselves with him, we can expect God to shape our will. To match his. You see, it was in the garden alone with God, what Jesus said in Mark 14 and 36, nevertheless, what I will, not what I will, but what you will. You see that? Jesus is modeling that. Je- Jesus is, is mentoring us. Jesus is showing us that it was in the garden alone with God where he, where he made that famous statement. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus shows us in the text that when we get alone with God in the quietness of his presence, away from noise and distraction, God convinces us in ways uniquely tailored to fit each of us that his will is always best always right isn't that amazing that it it is in those times alone but we got to go there away from the distractions away from noise away from the opinions of other people away from what everybody else is saying we must go there to get God's perspective 
And there, in, in, in unique ways, God, with ways tailor-made to fit us, God will let us know that his will is best. His ways are always right. Listen, we may go into the garden one way. We may go into God and into God with our minds made up and our heart fixed to do it one way, to think about it one way. But somehow, some way, God convinces us in those still moments alone with him that it is in our best interest to say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Has anybody gone there? Your mind made up. God, this is what I'm going to do. Some have even said, I'm fed up. I made up my mind. This is the route I'm going. But spending time alone with God convinces us that God's had another way and a better way. And oftentimes when we come out of that silence and solitude and let days and weeks and months go by, we look back and we say, thank God that it was not my will that was done because my will would have messed it up. My will would have gotten me in trouble. My will would have blown everything. But in the quietness, in the stillness, those times alone with God, we were convinced by God to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You see, the reason why some people are so selfish and hateful and hell-bent on doing life their way is because they are not spending time alone with God. It's their will being done and not his. Fourth and finally, when you spend time alone with God, when you carve out that space, that time just to be with him, away from distractions, away from the crowd, away from the cell phone, away from the internet, away from your music, away from other voices. When you put that in practice, when you go there, you can expect God to say some things to you and reveal some things to you that you would otherwise miss. You got to get this one, y'all. There are going to be things that God will say to you and reveal to you in those quiet moments alone with him that he will not say and he will not reveal when you're too busy, when too many other things have your attention. You see, God is not going to compete with people for your time. God is not going to compete with the television for your time and my time. If television is more important than what God has to say, so be it. But God is not going to compete with it. God is not going to compete with hours and hours spent on social media and surfing the web. That is to say, that there are some things we only get from God when we spend time alone with God. I remember a teacher 
in class, and I'm sure some of you probably had the same experiences, trying to teach. And there in the class, perhaps in the back of the class, some chattering voices. I feel like that sometimes as a preacher. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the social pastors do. I, I feel like that sometimes. I mean, I, we've done all this work, all of this preparation, and, and we're preaching, and people are walking around and talking and interrupting people. I feel like that sometimes. I know how my teacher felt. I, did, I didn't know it then when we were talking and, and she was trying to teach. I, I didn't understand it then, but what it was, she did not want us to miss the lesson. And so, so this is what she did. I haven't done this yet. I've been thinking about it. I really have, y'all. I'm just being honest. I've been thinking about it. Finally, she stopped in the middle of her lesson plan, her lecture. And she said to the class, I remember this. She said, I'm trying to teach, but I will not try to talk over your voices. So when you get quiet, I'll continue. Anybody else had that experience? Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you had to say that. When y'all stop talking, she said, I will continue. My folks used to tell me that, listen, you go to school, you sit down, you behave yourself, you listen to that teacher because she has her degree. You trying to get yours. That's what they say. You, she, she, you, you, she got hers. You trying to get yours. So you best sit down and behave yourself and get your lesson. Now, now get this. Who do you think had the most important thing to say? Was it the teacher or was it the two or three rude students, myself included? <laughs> You got it. The teacher had what we needed to hear in order to gain the knowledge, in order to pass the test, in order to move forward towards graduation. And the truth is we ought not want to miss anything God has to tell us. Therefore, we ought to be rushing passionately every day to spend time alone with him so that he can speak into our lives.